Hi guys, this is Happy Being Well. I have an exciting guest with you. We have Gigi Robinson. She speaks about mental health and a healthy lifestyle. And she also manages a chronic illness, which she'll share with us, her tips and strategies on how she manages her chronic illness and how she got into speaking about mental health and having a healthy lifestyle. And before we dive deep, this podcast is sponsored by happybeingwell.com, your place for yoga leggings that are stylish, highly comfortable, and most importantly, unique. So you stand out in the crowd as the most stylish. And all your other products for self-care needs, such as organic facial masks, crystals, sage, natural soaps, and much more at happybeingwell.com. All right, Gigi, welcome to the show. So (laughs) thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm happy that you're here to share with my audience um, about what led you to be basically an advocate for mental health and like what, what spawned that? Yeah, well, um, I would definitely say that's a long-winded question. What spawned that was really having a difficult time in college, um, managing the expectation that not everybody who I was there for would be there for me when I was at my lowest. And I think that this can be applied in any situation, regardless of if you have a disability or chronic illness. Um, I think that you just have to manage your expectations uh, in, a, in a good way. And that takes a lot of t- time uh, to figure out, first of all. And second of all, it takes also a tremendous amount of like courage and bravery to be able to actually confront people when um, maybe they don't live up to their expectations or to confront yourself with that. Um, so a lot of it came from my experience in college, which was not long ago. <laughs> okay. So, um, so your experience in college was you did, you had relationships that didn't have an equal give and take, right? Yeah, I, I would say that um, it had to do with the equal give and take, but also like understanding what it what it is to live with a chronic illness and like how much that affected me and like everything that I did, whether that was walking to class or whether that was um, not going out on Friday nights or like even down to the things that I ate. Um, all of those things were extremely difficult and it was very hard to, um, even explain that to us. Um, I mean, we were kids in college still, I guess. And it was hard for some people to even grapple with the idea that like you could look okay, feel like crap. Um, and can look okay and maybe not be, uh, do everything like a normal student would. Okay. Um, and may I ask, like, what is your chronic illness? Yeah, I, um, I actually speak about it. Sorry, I just trying to plug my computer in. Um, I talk about my chronic illness on several different um, platforms, uh, primarily TikTok and Instagram, but also on YouTube um, and on Twitter. And I have a virgin 
disorder called syndrome, which affects my ligaments and the way that they hold my bones in place. Uh, so much so that like they're hypermobile, meaning that ligaments don't hold my bones in place. They're hypermobile, which means that they overextend, they're extra stretchy, um, and it just causes me to have a lot more pain and instability. And um, in the past, I used to have injuries a lot more, but I've worked really hard in physical therapy over the years to strengthen as much as I can. Um, it doesn't mean the pain's gone away, but it certainly does hurt all the time, which, which is very hard emotionally. Um, and obviously mental health and body image is directly correlated to the way that I physically feel. Um, so that, that was another reason why I started talking out about it was because I wasn't finding people that I like could look up to in a way. So I realized there must be hundreds of people um, if not thousands of people dealing with similar conditions and issues with their mental health and body image. So that is why I got super confident in talking about my story, the things that affected me and the way that I think I could help others. Okay. And um, so how do you manage your chronic illness? Like what are some like because I'm sure for the people out there that have chronic illnesses as well, um, share with them some of your strategies and how you manage it, what you do, and um, how to boost your self-confidence. Well, I think managing a chronic illness, honestly, if you have the resources, and I know this is like coming from a place of privilege that I, I am able to have these resources, is um, going to therapy as many as you can. I went to a lot of like behavioral therapies um, and just like psychotherapy. And then I also went to occupational therapy and physical therapy. So in college, I spent, you know, eight, around eight hours of my time in these offices and getting to and from them, um, which is almost like a part-time job. And on top of that, doing everything at home. So I was also going to doctor's office. It was, it's like a whole thing. Um, and I think that the therapy at the very least provides time and space for the individual like suffering to focus on just themselves and like be in a contained headspace and physical space if you're in person um, where you're in a room with somebody who's helping you. Nothing else matters in the moment. Like you can just like zone in on doing something to help yourself feel better. Um, and that was something that I think I've realized um, and really found kind of comfort knowing that therapy is just a way to give me a bunch of tools to continue to be a better advocate for myself. And I figured why not talk about those tools? Those are the things that helped me. Um, in terms of confidence, I think there's a number of things. The first thing I always tell people is like, worst case they say no. Like that's kind of one of my creative mantras. And I always think it's a good idea to pitch yourself and put yourself out there and um, advocate for yourself in any situation. And the worst case somebody says no, and you move on. Like, there's nothing bad about that. Um, also, just like a little thing I do is I keep mirrors all around, as you can see behind me here in the room that I'm in. I've got mirrors everywhere. Um, I look in mirrors all the time. 
I tell myself how awesome I am and that I'm strong and I'm beautiful and like I can do anything that I want to do. I just have to figure out how to do it. And I just think confidence is, it's not something that you, there's a formula to because it looks different for everyone. You have to find the things that make you feel most empowered by. And then once you find those things, how can you kind of channel that into like a daily energy and like a, like a daily personality, I think. And once you do that, I promise you things will, things will get better. Awesome. I love that. So you do affirmations for self-love and Mm -hmm. exactly you've seen an improvement yeah. yourself ever since you've done these self-love affirmations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So what else have you done, you know, that helps improve your self-love for yourself? Oh, I mean, I think it's really difficult. I, um, being a condition doing my hair is really hard for me. Um, I know this is like a really kind of like funny tangent here, but I love to go get my hair blow dried. Um, it's like something that really helps me feel confident and also helps me not be in pain more. So when I'm not in pain, I'm nicer. And when I'm nicer, I do better (laughs) things. (laughs) I think that's the same for everyone and whatever that is for you, whether that's getting yourself um, a cup of coffee or like going on a date with yourself. I think doing anything you can by yourself in a public setting is very important for building confidence because, and self-love because you can do all the meditation you want. You can do all of the, um, you know, typical media related self-love massages, acupuncture, um, even like, I don't know, like masturbation. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> like with like, sure, I don't I mean, know, like, like yeah. things like that. Like those things I say are on the more stereotypical side, like normalize going out on a date with yourself, like going somewhere with your computer for an hour or two, like journaling by the water, going on a walk by yourself, bring pepper spray, of course, if you're a woman listening. Absolutely. Um, and I think that all of that's important because at least with the past year, we've been so focused on living inside. And it, in a way, it's been kind of difficult to like get back out there. Um, one of my favorite things, seriously, is going to a coffee shop. Also, I usually get my hair done and then go to a coffee shop or vice versa. And I just sit and I put my headphones on and I do my work and I write and the whole world kind of goes on around me and I'm so zoned in. And it's like a really great feeling to finally be able to, I think, do a lot by myself and not really care about what other people are thinking of me. Mm, That is powerful. I love that. I think more and more people need to tap into going on a date with themselves. And you're absolutely right. It does increase your self-confidence because you're empowering yourself. You're not relying on anybody else to go out to the restaurant you want to check out, to have that new experience, to have a new type of meal being prepared in a certain way by a chef or enjoying the ambiance of that particular restaurant. And and blow drying, I mean, I love going to the salon and getting my hair blow drying as well. I mean, I think every woman you know, even if we're, you know, fully capable of doing it ourselves, it's just nice to just sit back, relax, 
have, and they always do it better than we can. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. and, uh, and you just get to, and it just feels so nice to have your, you know, somebody rubbing your skull, you know, getting a shampoo and you're just laying back, doing nothing, totally relaxing, getting a head massage as well as you're, you know, getting that shampoo and, and conditioning treatment and then getting that blow dry. Um, your hair is fresh. It's got more volume. It's styled. And you didn't do anything but sit back and relax and you're looking fabulous and yeah and then going to a coffee shop by yourself or a restaurant by yourself while looking fabulous is like the ultimate like self-care self-love day for yourself and I think that doing those you begin to appreciate your own company that you know you're because in as well and you just kind of like you know, because I think this is where most people um, kind of freak out when they are in situations of not being around people is because they're just distracting themselves from themselves, right? So when you're sitting with yourself, you are actually kind of getting to know yourself more, like just being with yourself, you know what I mean? Um, like learn, you, there's a certain skill set to literally enjoy the just ha creating your own happiness, creating your own peace within yourself, cultivating that within you. And you become stronger as a result because you're not relying on any external circumstances to produce that happiness for you, to produce that peace for you, to produce that self-knowledge and self-discovery for you. You literally, and, and yeah, you just ultimately, you're in confidence, just shoot through the roof. So I totally love that. And I really, that's one of my missions is to spread that more towards more women. So, you know, so we start loving ourselves more and stop, you know, getting involved with like narcissistic men and staying in like, you know, toxic relationships and stuff like that, you know? So that is one of my missions with Happy Being Well. So I love that you shared that. Um, so, you know, have you shared this with your friends and what have their responses when you tell them, you know, oh, I'm kind of going on a date with them myself. I'm going to the restaurant myself, going to the cafe myself. What are your responses with your friends? Do they say like, oh, like you're going to the restaurant by yourself? Like, what are their responses? Are they shocked? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> um, I'm from New York City. So I feel like having this New York City forward facing mindset is very, um, it's very unique to the, I guess, tri-state area of just like always going for it. Um, so a lot of my friends where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like out right now or I'm going for a walk in the city or I'm like going to go meet this random person I met on Instagram. <laughs> like a lot of the responses, oh my God, I love that for you. Or like, that's so amazing. Like go off. Like also I'm in the Gen Z demographic. So we also just are very interested in, I think shifting the narrative um, of like what it means to go out alone by yourself um, to being one that is more accepting and exciting and empowering rather than something that's like, oh, like you're alone, you're a loser. Like you don't have, you know, you're not in a relationship. Like what's wrong with you to, oh my God, that superstar, look at her go all the way on her own. And I think it's just a really cool moment to be a part of. And I, I love it. I, I, I just, I think there's nothing like it. Um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to like go to a bigger university. I went to USC in Los Angeles and 
it was a place where I could go out, you know, to a coffee shop in 30 minutes away and just sit there for the whole day, move around, go out to lunch. Um, and it's really become something that I've loved in my workflow. And I think that it's really important, regardless of what age or demographic you're in, just to like force yourself out of your, your, your boundaries um, that you've set with yourself. And like, if you, if you tell yourself that you're going to have a horrible time, you probably will. If you tell yourself you're going to have a great time and that you're going to be super productive, you probably will. Um, I think there's nothing that like you, you can't do. And if you put your mind to something like whatever that is, if it's a positive or a negative thought, it can manifest into a real like thing in real life. So I, I just think always having like positive mantras and positive thinking around doing things that are uncomfortable is like really important. Absolutely. It truly is. It's how we grow. It's how we expand. Um, it's how we create more success in our lives is getting out of our comfort zones. And that is absolutely necessary. You know, whenever every successful person will always say, once you get too comfortable, get out of it, you know, go do something that you it go into the unknown, right? You always grow, always expand. You know, that's where happiness lives is in progression. And that's how we progress as human beings. So I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, share with us some of the ways that you have grown as a result of this, like, you know, being empowered to basically be doing things on your own and not relying on a friend or relying on a, you know, boyfriend uh, to go and, you know, do things as any social activity. Like, have you, you, you mentioned self-confidence, which is, you know, self-empowering. Um, have you gotten to know yourself better? Yeah, I think a really interesting quote that I've been living by recently, but I've, I've been, I've been doing, I think, I've been living in a state of mind that this quote embodies for a long time, but only recently have I discovered this quote. And I, I just think it's like the perfect pin on what we're trying to hit here is what do, I don't want, what doesn't want me. I don't want what doesn't want me. And when I realized that, I'm like, especially living with a chronic illness, I, I don't want friends that are only going to be there to party with me, right? And they don't want me unless I'm partying with them. So if I don't want that, then, <laughs> then that, like, that's not, that's not something I want to partake in. It's not something I want to go out of my way for. And the more that I went in my mind and like looked back especially other friendships like if you're reaching out to somebody whether that's like a romantic interest or maybe even a friend that you've lost touch with there's probably a reason why they lost touch with you they don't want you in their life anymore for some reason and you also have to be okay with that and like being aware that it's it's not something to take personally like people evolve another quote that I live by is evolving involves eliminating and the second that I realized that I, I just became comfortable knowing that not everyone is always going to be there for me I wasn't going to be there for everyone certainly on that note too and that takes a lot of bravery and courage to own up to that you can say I'm a good friend I'm not I'm not capable of being toxic I'm not capable of being a bad friend 
I guarantee you, you are capable of being shitty sometimes that happens to all of us, whether we like it or not. You just have to own it and take it as a learning lesson to be like, how can I do better? So with some of my friendships where I ended up falling apart because of my chronic illness and the friendship didn't work out because they only wanted to like go out and do all of these regular people things I think that I was incapable of, my response was to kind of shut off and not really give them any explanation. When they didn't do something, I would give them a cold shoulder and just like sit at home and grind on my homework and be a good student, right? Which was again, what I needed to do in the moment to get through that the, the emotional difficulty of people being like, hey, do you wanna come out? And then eventually getting to the point of people not even inviting me out um, to now with my, my friends, where if we have something planned, or they ask me, I'm like, you know what, I really am not feeling good. I absolutely love you. Can we FaceTime while you're walking there? Or can we FaceTime after? Like, I want to hear all about it. I just don't feel good. Like, are you okay to reschedule? And now that I am able to be vocal about it and fearlessly say like, hey, I don't feel so good. Like, this isn't going um, to be a good time for me to go out and like push myself tonight. Um, I think having friends that can understand is so important. So in a way it helped me narrow down, I think my friend group, um, whether that's good or bad, I don't really know, but I'm really happy and grateful that I have friends that are understanding, number one, and number two can be okay not taking me bailing or flaking on them as like an indicator of like, how strong our friendship is or like they don't take it personally they know at this point like if Gigi can't come out it has to do with her health it doesn't have to do with anything else like nothing is personal at all in any way um it just has to do with her in that moment and that's okay and it really does come again with being brave enough to have boundaries and talk about them and own when you've made a mistake. Um, so that's that's a big lesson I learned. I think another lesson I learned is like to pause before you react to something um, because in college, I, I am also like a Taurus. I don't know if you are Zodiac friendly or not over here in this corner of the internet. Um, so I am, I'm very reactive, very headstrong, very persistent and stubborn um, and I, I, I can own when I make a mistake a hundred percent, but if I, if I want to react to a situation a certain way, it's going to take me some time to figure out how to react in a calmer or different way. So I think a lot of just like owning my own confidence is also being able to control my impulse and being able to take a pause. And like, if I'm angry, I usually just, one of my favorite tactics is open a Google doc, write everything you have to write about the situation, like in a voice of you saying like, here's what happened. Here's why like I'm upset. This is not okay. Blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it can be pages and pages long. I admit this is a crazy process, but after close my laptop, come back to it an hour or a day later. And I'm like, that probably is not the best way to handle this situation. How can we do that with like a calmer, more friendly um, and level-headed lens that's not as intense? So that is my way of getting out what I need to get out and then forming a 
better response, um, taking the time to do that. And honestly, people, unless you have an appointment for something, people are okay with things taking time. So if it's like a text, like, so what? You respond a day later. People aren't going to get mad at you about that. Um, I think, you know, somebody does something at work that upsets you, write it out, come back to it. People are going to be mad that you respond a day later to something. Or in fact, I think going to honor you and be impressed that you didn't act out of impulse. Um, so those are, I think, my two big, big takeaways. That is, I love those takeaways. That is very, very powerful and effective. It gives you a chance to self-reflect, process your emotions and find truth because, you know, when we react and we get triggered, our emotions get involved. And as we know, when you're emotional, logic does not live there. Truth does not live there. You know, it's just anger. Yeah totally taking over our perception in the moment and all we can and all we feel is the anger and the anger releases those chemicals into our brain and our brain just goes haywire because our nervous system is haywire so that is a very very effective strategy to really process your emotions and to find truth you know and, and there's a cliche to it too um you know, like sleep on it, you know, whenever you're, whenever people are feeling angry or they're, they don't, you know, they, they're wise enough to just like sleep on it. Um, and then of course, writing it out is extra powerful because it gives you, it's a process of discovery and there's a certain, there's magic in writing, um, you know, because when we write it out, it gets it out of our brain, especially our subconscious yeah. and especially our, we can tap into our subconscious brain our conscious mind and figure out what's the truth of this, you know, especially as we're writing and you're describing a long writing process, which is extra powerful because the more you write, the more you're going to go into a flow, into a trance like state to kind of channel in on what's your truth through your subconscious. So I love that. Love that Gigi. So I loved everything that you said, you know, Gigi shared some really, really powerful tips and strategies around how to love yourself, how to increase your confidence, how to get to know yourself and empower yourself. So Gigi, where can people find you? I know you mentioned you're writing a book and it's not been released yet. I'm assuming that you would probably um, post the book on your website once it gets released. And you mentioned about mental health or your journey through chronic Mm -hmm. illness. Yeah, you can find me at It's Gigi Robinson on any social media page, Um, or you can just Google my name, Gigi Robinson, and my website will come up first, and you just click on it, browse around, check out my work. Um, My book is probably going to be coming out early or mid-2022. Um, at this point, I'm still deep in the writing stage, which is very exciting. And I can't wait to share all of that in the near future with everybody. But for now, I will just leave you with a little teaser. Um, and you can go onto my website um, for, again, any of your, any of your needs. Um, check it out and send me a message. I'm just a message or a phone call or an email away. So... Um, I always like to tell people that. And then I'm an open book. Thanks so much for having me, Rita.
Hey, thanks so much for being on the show. And you know, you're a gener you're a generation younger than me. It's amazing. Like, I mean, it took me a while to figure out, um, you know, how to navigate who's a real true friend and you know who's just there, you know, to enjoy, you know, to party with or whatever. Not real friends. Um, yeah, it took me a while to figure that one out. <laughs> so I'm glad you figured that out at a very young age. Um, you guys are definitely are learning way faster than we did <laughs> in our generation. Yeah. So looking forward to what your generation brings to the table in the upcoming years. All right. Thank you, Gigi, again for being on the show. Again, guys, this podcast is sponsored by happybeingwell.com. All products for your self-care needs, yoga leggings, crystals, organic facial masks, sage, and much more. All right, Gigi, sending you tons of blessings and lots of love. And I'm going to be looking out for your book. Um, it's, a, it's a book that I would definitely want to read, given the fact that all the great gems that you shared on the show today. So sending lots of love, Gigi. Keep in touch.